Come and have fun with us if you want to. It's a lot of fun. Amen. All right. Let's pray before we go into this next time, okay? Will you pray with me? Is my mic on? I don't hear it. There it is. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Zach. Um, let's pray. Let's pray together, okay? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this uh, great day that we can come and worship you. Worship you because of all that you've done for us in these past few days and all of your life and all of our lives, past, present, and future. We are blessed, Lord. As we come in uh, to this time to sing these songs and pray these prayers, we just uh, ask that you would hear it from our heart. Let it be from our heart, Lord, to you. We pray that you'd be with us in this next few moments. Open our hearts, may we have ears to hear and feet to move, hands to, to labor, what you put on our hearts in this time. Be with us, be with your servant, may his words be nothing more than yours today, and we ask your blessing upon this time. We thank you, we thank you today for the music, amen? We thank you for the music today, and we thank you for Jackie and all that she does for us. Thank you, Lord, we just pray you'd be with us in this time, we pray it in Christ's name today, and all of God's... Uh, children said. Amen. Well, it was a warm 30 degrees this morning at 7 o'clock. Did anybody come? Jim did, and Sue did, and I did, and Barb did, and Janine did. Is it Janine? Yeah. So there was four of us from here that weathered the storm, the cold. It was a beautiful morning. It didn't see any deer, but it was great. Today we come together to celebrate, I suppose, even greater than Christmas, because today we see the response of Christmas and all that it uh, entails. We understand that Jesus on Easter Sunday changes everything, literally changes everything, friends. Yeah, all the kids, I forgot all the kids can go back. They're going to go back there and have fun. You get to sit here and listen to me. <laughs> without the resurrection, why it's so important. Without the resurrection, Jesus was nobody. Just a good teacher. A person who couldn't do what he said he was going to do and come back. He would have been not a fraud, but he would have been not as powerful as he is. And the simple truth of, of Easter changing everything and the resurrection telling us that he is who he said he was, the Son of God, our Messiah, the great I Am. We need to understand that today and, and uh, understand that he is literally who he claimed to be because we don't have to go do a pilgrimage to his tomb someplace and honor him yet. He has risen, my friends, and that is what's great about it. If you look at, if you look at God's word, you'll see the gospels, all four of them don't talk about too much stuff. Uh, together, and what you do read from all four Gospels is completely different because they have different groups they're talking to. And, um, and, uh, but here, in, in this Easter story, all four of them tell the Easter story. They tell about Nicodemus and, and uh, Joseph of Arimathea 
coming and getting the, the body of Christ, uh, begging for it from the Roman rulers so that they can get it in the grave before that uh, Sabbath day happens. And they get his body in there and they get it sealed up. And, and all four Gospels talk about that. But they talk about it in a different way. Each one of them tell a different story that's the same story. But they come, come at it in a different way. The only thing they have in common is two things. One, the tomb is empty. The tomb is empty. And then all four of them talk about the stone being rolled away. Now that's just kind of unique, that those two things are the most powerful things that we hear from all of them that uh, touch their hearts. So on this, uh, this um, day that we celebrate, and uh, this all came about because of Jackie and this, this crazy song she had us sing um, that we loved dearly, you know, about the stone being rolled away. I went home Wednesday night and uh, I kept talking, thinking about it, praying about it and saying, Lord, what are you talking about? Because I, I already had things in place, I thought. And, and um, so, no, we're going to talk about the stone being rolled away. Let's listen to it. It's in uh, Mark chapter 16. If you have your Bibles with you and want to follow along, it'll be up on the, up on the wall too. Saturday evening, when the Sabbath had ended, and they were able to do it, they were able to work, Mary and uh, Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, Salome went out <laughs> and purchased, <laughs> if it's not Salome, honest. <laughs> Salome uh, went out and purchased burial spices so they could uh, anoint Jesus' body very next day, early on, on Sunday morning. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the way, they were asking each other. You can uh, imagine the ladies talking, and then all of a sudden it dawns on one of them, hey, hey, how are we going to get this stone out of the way? And uh, uh, in verse 4, it reads, but as they arrived, they looked up and they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe, sitting on the right side. And the women were shocked, as usual. But the angel said to them, don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth? The guy that was crucified? He isn't here. He's risen. He's risen indeed. He's risen. He is risen indeed. Oh, no, come on. <laughs> the angel looked at them and said, he is risen. He is risen yeah, praise God, see? That's, I don't think they said that, but it was amazing to them. And this is, look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell his disciples. And poor Peter, you gotta, you, gotta, you gotta point him out. Let poor Peter know too that Jesus is going ahead of you to the Galilee and you will see him there just as he told you before he died. The women fled from the tomb, trembling and bewildered. In this version, they didn't say anything to anybody for a little while. They probably had to consume it. But they were too frightened. They briefly then reported all this to Peter and all the companions. And afterwards, Jesus himself sent them out from east to west with a sacred and unfailing message of salvation that gives eternal life. Amen. Amen. This is God, the word of God for all of his people, my friends. So as I went home and started reading about the stone, I found it interesting that each of the four Gospels aren't too much in sync with everything because they're telling that different story. But they're all in sync with the tomb being empty and the stone being rolled away. So I, I, I posed the question to myself, what does, this, 
What does this stone represent to us? What, what is the symbolism behind this stone? What's going on with it? And what part does the stone play in this story and our story? Amen? That's what we're going to look at. We're going to try to digest that and see if we can't grab a hold of it. So sit back and relax. I think the first thing that the stone does is it symbolizes all the obstacles, all the obstacles that life brings our way. We don't have very many, do we? In this room alone, we have walls and walls and walls of rocks blocking our way. The trouble of it was that these women wanted to do something good. They wanted to make sure that the body of their dear friend was going to be treated right. They wanted to find, I think, comfort for themselves to go in and, and um, put these herbs on him. But the stone, they knew, stood in their way. They knew it. And the question they pondered all the way there probably was, how are we going to get this moved? Now, if you've never been in a third world country, the people are different there than we are here, let me tell you. They, they move differently. Mrs. Pudwell was a nurse in, in upper uh, Haiti at Cape Haitian. And one day she was a little bit sick and couldn't get down to her doctor's office. It wasn't an office, my friends. It was, you and I would never go in and get anything done in the place where she was at. And all these people, she saw over 150 people almost every day. They would come to her as a last resort because they had to go to the voodoo priest first. And they would go to her as a last resort, and they, all, they stood there all day long and waited in her turn, and nobody yelled, and nobody screamed, nobody did anything. So she was real late. It was afternoon when she went down there, and she thought that there would be nobody there. Nobody there, because she wasn't there. She thought the, the way would be free, and, and as soon as people heard that she was there, they would start coming. She got down there, and all, all the 150-plus people were waiting. They had been waiting since 7 o'clock. They weren't going anywhere. That's what I see with these girls. These girls are going, and they're saying, we have a problem, we have this stone. And I can imagine stories like, what, well, do you think the Roman soldiers will move it? No, they're not going to help these women out. Do you, think, do you think somebody passing by might help us out? Well, we hope. I, I can see their conversation. We hope that someone will come and help us. Help us in this time. And they were going ready. I believe they were ready to stay there all day until they got the tomb opened up and was able to do what they wanted to do to the body of their Savior. I think that's the way we are, too. We try to do things all the time that are good. But there always seems to be these walls that come up and try to stop us from whatever we want to do. We'll tell ourselves, we'll do this, maybe at a different time because this isn't the right time. And so the time never comes. 
You know, it's like saying, um, saying a young couple saying, well, we'll have a baby as soon as we get our finances in order. <laughs> you all know what that means, don't you? <laughs> don't look to be a grandfather. <laughs> and the, and, and I, I don't mean to be despondent today to you or a fatalist, but we need to face the truth. The moment that we say we want to do something for God, a wall is automatically put up. A wall is automatically put up because Satan doesn't want you to do that to begin with, but then it comes into our hall, Billy Wick, and it's the sin that we carry around with us. It's a great big wall, great big rock hanging there, looming there, and nobody can move the stupid thing. We try to get it out of our lives, try to get rid of it, but it always, always flips back down into that hole and ties us in. We have that problem that we have to deal with with with, with uh, each one of us is called sin, my friends. Uh, it's the ever-present obstacle of our human condition. So it's, it's, it behooves us to understand that the stone symbolizes for us the obstacles in our lives. As Paul said, the things I want to do, I don't do because I have this obstacle, <laughs> you know? But the things I don't want to do, I don't have an ox, ox, uh, obstacle for that. I can get through it. I can make it to do the ugly things. Isn't that the way it is? This song also, secondly, it symbolizes the sense of helplessness that we um, sometimes feel about our lives. I can imagine these three ladies walking down there and believing in their heart that the stone can't be moved. Guys, it probably weighed over a, a ton. And it, it would take more than two, three ladies to move it. It would take more than two or three men to move it. And, um, and we, we understand it was made to move, but it still was one that had to be moved very uh, prominently. Well, that, for me, they'd have to get a crane. Um, they were helpless. They were helpless on their own. If there, was only going to, if there was going to be any stone moving, oh, that reminds me. Talking about women, huh, Jeff? I have a stone. Remember my stone? I have a stone in front of the parsonage. And it probably weighs 300 pounds. I'm not moving a stupid thing. Somebody's going to move it next week. I might call Callie up. <laughs> Remember? Callie and Jeff moved it. Callie picked up that one half of that, that end of that stone and said, where do you want it? <laughs> Is it over there? I couldn't pick, I couldn't budge it, you know. And she picked it up and took it over there and threw it down. <laughs> you could have moved the stone for them. <laughs> Praise God. They needed your body there. Oh, my, and your will. But they couldn't move it. And they were helpless. They were helpless, friends. And if we equate that into our lives, uh, the stones that we have causes us to have that same futility in our lives, that sense of, of helplessness that, that, um, that we're up against something so much bigger than we are and there's no way we can take care of it. Uh, the ob obstacle between um, you and the good thing that you want to do, the good life that you want to live, whatever it is you're hankering to do, that you want to do, it will always be an obstacle there and it will make you feel helpless, like you can't get around it. 
You know, no matter what it is, we're helpless in this area of taking care of that stone in our lives. So it talks about the obstacles that we have and, and the helplessness that we sometimes feel. And this stone also represents, I think, a, death, a dreadful um, finality. And that stone would, would have been lodged, it would have been sucked onto there almost um, against the tomb's opening as close to being as airtight as possibly can so that none of the fumes could escape. The stone literally did this, my friends. It reminded everybody that walked by any stone, but this stone particularly, that the dream is over. The dream is over. You know, I think about that real quick. There was a mother at the um, sunrise service this morning her name is Joyce, if you want to keep her in, her prayer, in, her, in your prayers. She lost, I said, how are you doing? And she said, oh, I'm okay. I lost my son two weeks ago. And so we had prayer for her. And she was from Pastor um, Bill's church at uh, the port. But um, she knows about that stone. Wouldn't you know about that right now? That stone is there. The dream is over for her child. That stone represents the fact that this is the end. That rebel rousing rabbi is done. We've, we've wrapped him up in linen and he's laid to rest. And your so-called savior has been sealed in that tomb. And you'll not hear from him ever again. Hmm. They probably even throwed out statements like, even he said, it's finished. It's over, I'm done. And the stone would be nothing more than a punctuation mark. On the life of Christ. Mm. The question we have to look at is how many times have we felt that dread of, of finality in our lives? The sense that there's no going back. Whatever's going on is taking care of us. Uh, I have no doubt that we have all felt that way on our journey. That's over with, it's done. We might as well, Phyllis Ann isn't here, is she? Okay. So, it's, it's sort of like this, the rock. My son and daughter noticed this when they were 12 years old. We were talking and Phyllis Ann made this, this movement. Okay. She made that movement and Sean looked at me and, and his sister Shannon, he looked at us and he said, we might as well talk about something else because it's over. That meant I'm not talking about this anymore. That's what that stone said. That's exactly what that stone said. It was a symbol to everybody who walked by. Actually, that stone, if you, if you look at these, these three things, that stone um, in a nutshell symbolizes um, how, we could, how I could summarize what that stone symbolized in one sweet word. And that stone said no. The stone said, no, no, you can't move me. No, you can't avoid me. You can't overcome me. No, you can't defeat me. You, no, you can't have it your way. And no, you can't change this situation because this is the end of, end of the line. It's all over with. That's what the stone would be telling us. 
But we know the stone's not completely in control, don't we? And we know that there's more to the story than this. When the women got back to the tomb and the stone was already rolled away and they looked in and they saw that angel um, with no halo and no wings, you know, just a nice guy dressed in white. Um, He was there to calm their hearts and to change their focus. And I think that's what we need in our lives. We need somebody somehow, some way to change our hearts, to move that stone, you know, that we have in here, that stone. We need, we need some way to move it. And the Bible said to him, listen to it, it's in Mark um, 6 and 7, don't be alarmed. The angel said, don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, I mean, you're looking for the one that was crucified? I can see him looking at him saying, is that who you're looking for? And they're all nodding. And he looks back to him and says, well, he's not here. He's risen. He's risen. risen There we go. (laughs) Let's try it again. The angel looked at him and said, well, you know, the guy you crucified, that's okay. He's risen. risen. There we go. He's not here. Since the place where they laid him, see where they laid him. And go tell the disciples and Peter, poor, I, I love it, and Peter gets mentioned there. It's important in the stone. He's going ahead of them. Each of the Gospels refer to this. The stone is moved. And I want to ask you, I want to ask you just real closely, the stone is moved. For whose purpose? It wasn't for Jesus, was it? Listen, friends, <laughs> listen, friends, uh, I'm going I'm to say this gentle. I'm going to say this gentle to you, but I have some well-meaning, good pastor friends that get upset with me because I disagree with them. They look at me and say, you can't say that, you don't know. And I said, no, I don't know, but I'm going the high road, all right? Do you know what most people say? Most people literally say that the stone had to be rolled away so Jesus could get out. Horse feathers. (laughs) Oh, there's another saying that they say. That Jesus uh, wasn't, he didn't have nails in his hands. He had them in his wrist. Now, uh, I'm going to, oh gosh, I'm going to get it for this. Move over. (laughs) I'm telling you what. I'm telling you, you know why they say that he didn't have nails in his hands? Because if you're hanging on a cross, you cannot hold yourself. They would rip your hands apart and you would fall off. So they did it in their wrist. All except Jesus. Do you think that... Do we really really think that those nails held him to the tree? He didn't. Those nails didn't do anything. You know what held him to that tree, don't you? His love. His love for you and me, for the world. That's what, his broken, it was his broken heart that he had to give up everything and die on that cross. And if we think those nails kept him there, we're, we're sadly mistaken. If we're thinking that rock kept him in the grave, we're sadly mistaken. Amen? Are you with me? When he looked at Thomas, now I don't know, the version I have, when he looked at Thomas and he said, Thomas, I know you don't believe that it's me, but here, look, put your hand in my side. Look at, look at my hands. He didn't say, look at your wrist. He said, look at my hands. 
Look at my hands. I'm telling you, friends, I'm telling you, today, it didn't, it didn't roll away because Jesus needed it to. He could get out of there. He could meet them later without him going through a door. I don't know how he, he can transfer. That's why time and distance isn't a problem for him. Need somebody in, in uh, Arizona to pray for? I'll go right there, right now. Shoot, he's there. I know we can't understand that. He didn't need a stone. So it was moved. I'll tell you who it was moved for. It was moved for Mary Magdalene. It was moved for Mary. It was moved for the mother of, of uh, the Mary, the mother of James and, and Salome. And it was moved for Peter, and it was moved for John, and it was moved for Nicodemus, and it was moved for Joseph of, of Arimathea, and it was moved for everybody that walked by there, and it's moved for us today. So we can look in the tomb and hear the angel say, It's not here. Are you ready? He's not here. He's risen. He is risen. Praise God. <laughs> I think the Father wanted us to know, wanted them to know that the stone doesn't mean what we think it means. The stone says no to everybody. But God wants us to know because of the stone has moved that um, the stone's not the prevailing factor here. Listen, listen. If you look at Luke chapter 19, when, the, when the Palm Sunday happened and the Pharisees said, yeah, get your people quiet. Jesus looked at them and made a powerful statement. It's in Luke 19.40. He said, if they keep quiet, the stones, the stones will cry out. This stone cried out, my friends. And it says something to you and I today. It cries out this. The stone cries out the barrier that you see in front of you isn't nearly as big as you make it. Did you get that? The stone being rolled away says the barrier isn't as big as you make it. The obstacle that's in our path is not over... We can't overcome it. We can't move it, right? That obstacle we have, we can't touch it. But there's one that can. There's one that can, and he does. All we have to do is humble ourselves and say, I can't solve this problem. I can't solve this anxiety I'm under. I can't solve this sin that keeps coming in my lives. All we have to do is say, Jesus, I need your help. It's in 2 Corinthians 5.21. It says, God made Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteous, the righteousness of God. Oh, my goodness. If you ever said, if you've ever said it, I hope you have, that I want to do good, I want to do what is right, I want to walk with God, but there's a stone. There's a stone of, Unbelief, the stone of, of addiction, the stone of fear, the stone of depression, the stone of guilt, the stone of hurt, the stone of rebellion, the stone of anger. A lot of us are angered today, and that cold, hard stone builds in our heart. Whatever stone stands in your way, I want you to know that that stone can be moved. It can be moved, not by our help, not by us only, but we have to say, God, please. I know you're still in the stone-rolling business. Who is it that sings that song? Lord Dingle. Thank you. Still moves, he's still rolling stones. If you want to get that, it's great words to it. The stone's not as big as we think it is, friends. And then secondly, it also, it's not as helpless. 
that stone doesn't make us as helpless as we think we are. And I think we need to grab a hold of it. I think the problem of it is, lies in the fact that usually the stones we face, we try to do it ourselves. Amen? Are you with me on that? I can take care of this. I can take care of this. But I want to tell you, Paul learned the secret. I don't know when he learned it, but he made a big change in his life. He learned the secret when he said in Philippians chapter 4, he said, I can do all things. I can do, do all things through Christ Jesus where I get my strength from. Now, we bypass that scripture and say, no, I'll take care of this, Lord. Don't worry about it. And then we try to take care of it for years and years and years. And that stone has the power to say no. And we believe it. And we become helpless in that, set, in that, in that point and don't want don't to surrender our, and become humble and say, Lord, I'm not cut out for this. I need your help desperately. And I think when the moment we say that, he's ready to move the stone. He's ready to roll it. Only if we ask. Only if we humble ourselves and ask. We're not as humble as we think we are, or helpless as, as we um, think we are, friends. So the barrier is not nearly as big as it appears. It's not, it doesn't make us helpless as, uh, uh, as it does to us. It shouldn't do that. This story of Easter Sunday, your story, your story, it isn't over yet, friends. That's the third thing I want us to grab on this part. It, it isn't over yet, no matter what it may seem like in your life. I don't know about you, but I've been told twice that my life is over. 52, year, 52 years ago, the doctors, several doctors looked at me and said, you have six months of that. I said, okay. And seven years ago, the VA looked at me and said, we're going to hope to give you five years. That was seven years ago. That's like coming here for six months. Hallelujah. <laughs> 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 Hallelujah, yeah. I'm glad he's risen, huh? <laughs> when the stone rolled away, it shut that entrance up forever and the story was done. If you don't think the story wasn't done, listen to the other parts of the Gospels. And you see that Peter looks at all of his friends. You know, the angels said, go tell Peter too. Don't forget Peter. You know Why? Because God knew what Peter was up to. Peter was up to this. He said, okay, it's all done. He's in the, he's in the grave and he's not coming back. What are you going to do? And he looks at all of his friends and he's, they say, what are you going to do? And he says, well, I'm going to hope they didn't destroy my boat. I'm going back and going fishing. Going back to what I know what to do, Peter said. I'm going to go and do that. Even though I was told I would be the rock the church would be built on, I'm going back fishing. His story with Christ was over. Oh my. Oh my. All the, often our stories end up like that. That it's all over. The, the reality of it is it's done. It's done. And God has got to move on without me because I'm finished. And we think that's what it is. But that empty tomb, that rock that has moved, means that Christ has come alive and Death isn't the end of the journey for him. It was just the beginning. Amen? 
just the beginning. And we who, who know Christ as our Lord and Savior, I'm, I'm ready to go anytime because it's just the beginning. Just the beginning. All the evidence around us might say today it's over, but God says, no, it's just the beginning. Um, Jesus didn't stay in the grave, and neither must we stay in that grave that we build around ourselves. He's ready to give us that new life, that new life. And I said before that the stone says no, you know, no to everything because we, we try to tackle it ourselves, and anytime we do that, the stone's going to say no. But I want you to know uh, the Easter message. The Easter message is a loud and clear yes. The stone being moved away is, is the, that yes, life goes on, um, that Jesus is alive, um, that he has power over sin and death, that he can bring us into that right relationship that we want with God. My goodness, that he can give us victory over any sin and any addiction that we have. And he can give, our life, give us a different life, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says. The old is gone, the new has come. He can fill our lives with joy and abundance and purpose. Much more than we had even before we knew the Easter story. And the truth of the reality of it is, and my heart went out to that young lady this morning, Joyce, my heart went out to her because her world probably right now is pretty dark. But in my prayer, I was praying, Lord, walk with this lady and help her to know that she, you are there with us. Because regardless of what we're going through, if you don't hear it, Jesus says yes, because of the empty tomb and the stone is rolled away. And you can have a new chapter in your life with it. And I think what we ought to do is learn how to roll with it. Amen? Roll with it and say, okay, Lord, that's good. Thank you. And he will be right there with us. He will guide us and direct us and help us get to places we can't even begin to imagine. Your story's not over. Amen? The stone has rolled away. And are you ready? He is risen. He is risen. Praise God. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your love and your grace in our lives. Thank you for this time that we could sit and listen to your word, sing songs about it. We're going to sing another one here in just a minute that we love dearly. And it's all because we love you, Lord. We love you and want you to be a part of our lives and we want to be a part of yours. Help us to see the stone rolled away as a positive. Help us, Lord God, to trust you and to believe in you and to know that there's nothing you can't take control of in our lives. Give us that assurance this Easter Sunday, we pray. And help us, help us to accept your great gift of an empty tomb and a stone rolled away. We pray it in your son's name, our, our risen and glorified Savior, Jesus the Christ. And all of God's children said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, let's stand and